Welcome back to the Rice Life podcast. Harriet, it's great to be back behind the mics again. Yeah, it's good to be back. We sort of got a little bit busy there throughout the rice season, but we will be returning to give you some regular harvest updates throughout the rest of the harvest season. And so far, it's probably a little bit too early to start talking about some of the yields that have come through. Only had about 3% of the total crops um, completed. So yeah, we'll keep you tuned with yield results as we get a bit more of the full picture. I know there are some people getting a bit nervous about coal damage and, and the effects of mice, and we certainly have seen some of that, but equally we've seen some really good yields come in. So we'll just wait and see once a few more crops have been completed. What's coming up in the RAS extension space, Harriet? Uh, yeah, coming up for us is at the moment we're just watching some of the nominations come in for the Sunrise Grower of the Year. It's a really good uh, that we've seen a couple of nominations come in, but we will be announcing that we'll be extending the application uh, for just one more week. So if you feel like you've missed out, don't worry, there's still one more week to get in your nominations. Uh, you can jump onto our website and on the homepage, there's a link to where you can find out more information. And it's just a really good way for growers to give back to the industry, share their stories, share what they're doing well on farm. So if you know someone who you think is really worthy of a nomination, make sure that you really strongly encourage them to put, put their hand up and put a nomination in last two years we've had some really great people who've been nominated and some really worthy winners but I guess also for people who are listening the grow of the year competition necessarily isn't about the best growers but it's about the growers that are willing to learn to share and engage with other people so as an industry it would be really good if we had some growers who put up their hands who are willing to share what they're doing on their own farm and it's all about that knowledge base that we're developing within industry. Just quickly, also this week, Sunrise released some grower videos as well. So if you haven't seen them, there's four families across the Riverina who've been featured. So if you're on social media, please share them. I know they do tell a really good story about the different farming families in the Riverina and what we do as an industry. And we know that we do it well. Very good. And what do you talk, uh, what's this week's episode about, Charlie? I know you sat down with Neil Bull from the RGA. What are you going to be discussing with Neil? Yes, I did sit down with Neil. We caught up briefly in the Denny office just to chat about stubble burning. As we're coming out of harvest and into winter cereal planting, it's really important that growers make sure they're doing their stubble burning in accordance with um, best management practice. So Neil's just given a quick overview of the key steps and things that people need to keep in mind and also an update on where the stubble burning app is up to and when hopefully we might see it released. Perfect. All right. Thanks for listening. Neil, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks to Charlton. It's a pleasure to be awesome. here. Would you like to introduce for everybody listening what your role within the RGA is and the breadth of, I guess, industry that you cover? Uh, yes, certainly. Uh, look, I'm, I'm the Environment Manager for the Rice Growers Association. So I work across a range of things from uh, sustainability reporting, uh, the Bittens and Rice Project is a key area. Um, to broader, even looking at the future with carbon and emissions. And one, one key area, particularly in the autumn months, is, is stubble burning. That environment space is definitely growing and it also includes the new sustainable platform, which is currently being developed, but we'll leave that for another day to chat about. Can you give me a brief overview about the importance of stubble burning and where it fits into the rice system? Look, there's a, a real dilemma and 
uh, with stubble burning. And of course, it's, it's made worse by the absolute need to maximise the use of any moisture that's on your farm. So if, if you're in a location or a soil type that allows you to double crop, burning rice stubble in the autumn months is a critical component of maximising your profit and maximising your water use efficiency on farm. And I guess as we're coming into autumn and particularly guys up around the MIA who are looking to get country back in after rice harvest, it's a really big issue up there. Look, it is a big issue and I have spent a lot of time looking, looking at stubble burning and, and time in the MIA and look at the impacts of smoke and stubble on, on the local community and neighbours. Something we've got to be very smart about how we go about it. We need to use and follow best practice guidelines, which the RGA has developed in conjunction uh, with, uh, with growers and the EPA and the Rural Fire Service. Do you want to quickly run through what those best management practice steps are for anyone who's listening? I guess the first thing to remember in the autumn months, yeah, weather systems change and we have often have periods of very low mixing height or an aversion layer developing. And when this drops down, it will make the smoke hold in the region and just hang in the air over over towns, over Griffith, Yander, Leeton, or even just over farmers' land and houses. And this becomes a problem. So the, the critical thing to remember is to check out where this mixing height is. And you can do this by going to, to the Bureau of Meteorology website and go to the METI section of the website. And here you can put in your location and you can actually find the wind direction and mixing height for your location, both forecast out and for the current period for when you're going to burn. Great tool for anyone who's finished harvest and they're planning in the next week before they sow, they can log on to the BOMS website and it's a free service, use the METI and exact location, wind speed, wind direction. And well, it's exactly right. I mean, it's essential, I think, uh, for our irrigation farmers to be able to maintain the right to burn stubble. And from my work, and I do work with the agencies and the local councils as well in this area, but they also are the recipients, as I am, of complaints from people that have been smoked out and for other issues. So just critically going back to mixing height, I think it's important to remember the criteria, and that is you want a mixing height of 1500 metres and above for that smoke to disperse. And the other critical aspect of it is to light your fire early in the day. 12 noon, I should say, and 4pm is the ideal window to burn those stubbles. And often that gives you the best opportunity to light a decent stubble fire as well. period from 12 to 4 is really critical for anyone who's looking on doing burning their rice stubble on farm. It, it is. I mean, it, it's, you should check those conditions as well. And also the other critical thing is to look at your wind direction. Even if uh, the mixing height is quite high, please do not put up a fire that's going to burn across a major highway. We have had a couple of car accidents connected with smoke and also towards a major town or a business enterprise um, where that smoke can impact on the community or those workers. So please check that out. And remember, I've been around a while and farmed, and I know we panic a bit in the autumn about getting that next crop in. Often we think, you know, we'll never get it in because of weather conditions, but please consider how many times you weren't able to get that crop in after harvest in rice, because in the majority of years you do, and just by delaying that burn to get the appropriate conditions, will look after your community. It's a very big safety aspect on it, making sure that 
right time of day, right wind direction, but also, I guess, the community effects as well. You've also been doing some work with CSIRO and the EPA to develop an app for stubble burning. How's that tracking? We're in the very final stages of development. We're just doing a last upgrade as we speak this week. Um, We need some final approvals, uh, particularly through the EPA at this stage. So we're hoping to demonstrate that with the Rural Fire Service later in the week, launch that through the middle of April. And this app will take away the need for you to log on to the METEI website. So it will give you the weather forecast and an indication of the mixing height for your location. But like all tools and like even the METEI website, just be careful when you're in the paddock and prior to lighting that fire, just check your own conditions in the paddock. They can be different to what is basically modelled forecast data or weather data from weather stations. It's not necessarily accurate all the time for what you're going to experience in the paddock. And we all know wind can change direction as well. So unfortunately, you need to look out for that as well. I wish it was easier than all of this, so you could just light the fire and get into it. But we need, we need to follow best management practice and look after our community and still be able to grow that crop. Best management practice is critical. It's nice that RJ has been in a position where they're able to be developing another app or a tool that can just be in someone's back pocket, which is great. But also I think you need to remember if you are going to burn your stubble, it just pays to you know ring your neighbours and say, hey, I'm going to burn off or your local fire brigade, just so that people are aware of what you're doing on farm in terms of management. You're also going to Leeton later in the week to meet with RFS captains and things. How important is that relationship? I look at our relationship, even with the councils, I communicate with the regional councils, particularly in the MAA as well, because they receive complaints. Uh, the Rural Fire Service also receive complaints and they are really, they, no one wants to stop a farmer's right to burn but they're always very interested in what we are doing to communicate with our farmers and to see what new developments we have to assist in helping farmers to uh, do the best they can to burn their stubble. So, you know, we'll be communicating later in the week with the regional fire captains in the MIA to pass on our current best practice information and what activities we've got this year in relation to stubble burning. That's great that there's that open and clear line of communication going both ways. Is there any other key important factors that people need to be aware of before they burn? Well, clearly, if you want to dry down your stubble before you burn it, the general practice um, is to mulch it and wait about four days of warm weather to dry it down at least before you, before you burn it. There's nothing worse than a moist, cold, smoky fire that doesn't actually burn the stubble well anyway. So, I mean, that's just general practice with all the growers I'm connected with anyway. And the other thing, you do need some wind speed to have an effective stubble burning. So generally, the wind speeds between 5 and 25 kilometres an hour are important. The other thing, the conditions have been reasonably good with rainfall this year, but in other years we've had fire escapes. And to protect with fire breaks both the perimeter of your stubble fire, but the other thing that happens, and I often get reports of damage to vegetation and trees, both off on roadsides where I've seen several fires get away from farm and just burn down roadsides but there are people looking and seeing and reporting damage to vegetation from stubble fires so it is possible to protect those paddock trees but even more important to make well it's equally important to ensure that any stubble fire stays on your land and does not escape it is really important and there are techniques of back burning away from um, some of those vegetation areas at the start of your fire anyway so that'll minimize any heat 
it gets close to those trees. But yeah, in general, fire breaks. And don't forget how back burning can hurt, help to just move the heat away uh, from those sensitive areas when you light a fire. No, I think they're all really important tips. And because double cropping is so prominent, especially in the MIA, it's important to make sure that everybody is aware of the best management practice and what the key things are that they need to remember and how to access the information. So information will be available on the RGA's website and in the RICE Extension newsletter. Is there anything else that really want goers to take on board? Oh, there's one critical point because we've had several car accidents in my time working in this area. If when you are lighting a fire, the wind direction can change. The recommendation from the Rural Fire Service is to call Triple O immediately, contact the, get in touch with the RFS and they will advise you. I'm aware the local fire brigades do have access to road signage, but you do need permission to have them put out to warn motorists that smoke can be affecting the area. Please react to that situation. It can happen from a wind, a wind change. I know there are challenging locations for farms to burn, but you've just got to respect your local community. Do the right thing for the reputation for your irrigation districts and the rice industry as a whole as well, because it can be very damaging to just reputation. But the most important thing is, is to respect your community members and also maintain that right to be able to burn the stubble. Making sure that you've planned and you're proactive in your approach, but also that you've taken all the correct steps so that you are respectful of communities, other growers and the industry so that we don't lose this tool that we have, which is very good in our rotation and management. All right, well, thanks, Neil, for sitting down with me. If any growers have any questions, we will put Neil's email in our footnotes or feel free to give him a call. So thanks, Charlie. That was a really good chat with Neil Bull. And, and yes, double burning is a really important tool. So we really want to make sure that as the RAS community um, maintains their right to burn. So what were your key takeaways or where can growers go to get more information? Yeah, thanks, Harriet. It was good catching up with Neil. I think the key take-home messages can be found in this month's RAS extension website. There's a bit of a checklist. So we do encourage growers to print that off. And also there's a graphic there, but make sure, you know, you're looking at your wind direction, you're using the MEDI and just that you're notifying your local um, fire brigade if you are going to burn off, it's critical. Okay, very good. So jump on and have a look at your RAS extension email, the newsletter, or jump onto our website to find out more or get in touch with Neil Bill. Yep, that's it. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we will be giving quick little snippet updates from growers and from grower services across the next couple of weeks with Harvest. Please rate, review or subscribe or share it to social media as this gives our podcast more exposure and we can share it with the wider industry. Keep an eye out in the next two weeks as we have more exciting conversations coming your way. Until next time, have a rice day. Thank you.